0: listening to on the road australia's number one weekly podcast made for aussie truckies by aussie truckies here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around australia on the road is brought to you by queensland rail committed to improving safety through engineering innovation and education and nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer
1: Show number 176, finally. We're going to have a crack at doing it. Now, Paul isn't able to join me this morning for the news. It's Sunday. It's 11 a.m. And the show comes out on Monday. I'm about to go to Melbourne in a few hours, two or three hours. I'm going to get in the truck and go to Melbourne. I don't have the time to do the things that I used to do with this podcast anymore. I'm working uh, full-time driving a truck interstate, as most of you know, I'm sure. And you know we're doing the live shows on the radio, etc. It's just getting a little bit tougher. I'm, I'm not as flush with time as I used to be. And of course, the magazine's taking up a certain amount of my time as well. So I, I don't know. Uh, Andy still does the music bits and Bob's doing his something to talk about bits. Once upon a time, this show was finally crafted and finally edited and everything was just top notch on the production side. It, Unfortunately, since Andy has stepped aside, he's still doing his music bit, but unfortunately, aspects of the show haven't been as well produced as we've got used to. Now, I'm not saying that as any sort of an excuse. It's just a reality. Um, I've had feedback from you listeners that say, you don't mind it the way it is now. Keep going. Uh, I've had people say to me also, gee, uh, you can tell the difference between when Andy used to do it and, and when you are doing it. Now, look. I accept that. It's 100% correct, and you did a magnificent job, but things change. We've been doing this thing now for over three years, and the last couple of shows are the first time we've ever actually missed a show, So, you know, and we've produced a lot of extras and, and things like that. The live shows have sort of taken over. The Wednesday night show is basically doing the role that the old interview section on this show used to do, and of course... Uh, the Saturday night show is is a little bit of fun and levity. And sometimes it gets a little bit serious, but that's not the intent. I think that we're we're still doing the show, but we're just doing it in a very, very different way to where it started. And of course, it was never, uh, never meant to stay the same. It was always meant to metamorphosize. Anyway, that's enough about what we're doing here today. I'm going to get into some news here in a moment, but I just want to say that uh, over the course of the coming week, we've got the NRFA conference coming down in Shepparton next Saturday. That means next Saturday night there won't be a live show. We're actually going to try and put something together on Friday night beforehand. Uh, also, Wednesday night, Craig is going to be traveling down from Evans Head down to Shepparton for the, uh, the conference. So we won't be doing our live show Wednesday night. We are looking at doing a live show Tuesday night we are going to be doing that and we're looking at having a guest on the show if he's willing to to come I won't know until tomorrow so I can't say whether this guy's going to come on or not but it was the driver of that western star that had the incident with the bird on the Sydney Harbour Tunnel I'm going to have a little bit to say about that in a moment I don't want to kick it too hard just in case we get stuck into it on Tuesday night but I think that um, there is something to be said about that The latest bit of bastardry from the New South Wales Highway Patrol needs to be looked at a little bit more closely. There's a number of stuff, a number of of things going on in our industry at the moment which sort of make me question the sanity of what some people are doing. The fuel prices, the excise and uh, road user charges and things are going up constantly, and our industry bodies aren't saying very much about that at all. surprises me. We're going through a rough time. People are going out of business left and right. There's another uh, bunch of bloody stock crates going to be showing up at the auctions here very, very shortly. L livestock carriers are coming up for grabs in the, uh, in the next lot of Richie Brothers auctions. And it just seems that every time there's a Ritchie Brothers auction, there's someone else's fleet. Now, they're not selling these things because... You now uh, we've just had enough. They're selling them because they're not making any money out of them, and there's no there's no progression. There's no way to pass these things on. The amount of capital tied up in equipment and buildings and things like that is outstripping the return. You might as well just go and put your money on black at the casino because you've got just as much chance of making a quid out of it. We'll talk about that very very shortly as well. Um. On Truck & Life for a moment, everyone knows that the uh, that I'm the editor of that thing and we're bringing it out quarterly at the moment. We've got one more quarterly issue to come out, which is in about three months' time. And then after that, we're going to go to bi-monthly, which means that you'll be able to get it every other month. The subscriptions are going to stay the same though, four issues for your 60 bucks, delivered to your door. And the magazine is available... Um, through all the Rampage BP sites on the East Coast. So all the way from Townsville down to uh, to Melbourne. And of course, the roadie at Fort Lake, the Cleaning Zone in Western Australia and Tatiara Truck and Trailer. So Townsville, uh, Archerfield, nambucka Heads, Beresfield, Marool and North and Southbound, Cooper Street. And I think that's about it. Um, for the BPs. But the best way to get it is via subscription. Go to uh, www.truckandlife.net.au and for the cover price of the magazine it's delivered through to your door. You don't have to worry about getting into the BP. You don't have to worry about going to the newsagent. Now, I've been hammered on, you know, why is the, the magazine not available in the newsagent? Quite simply this. There's only one magazine distributor in the country now only one and they basically charge a fee to put the uh, magazines out there into the into the news agents the news agents will order magazines now i've had news agents ring me up and say can we get your magazine to put on our on our shelf and the answer is yes you can but you buy it directly from us now there's a problem with that because they don't want to buy the magazine and then hang on to it and risk not selling it. So what would happen, I've had the conversation with several of these news agents, they said, oh, back in the day, we used to get the magazine and have it on the shelf. And I would say, yes, how many did you order? And they would always say 10, 15, 20, whatever. And I said, and how many would you send back? And there was always two, three, four, whatever. Now, the reality for us as a publisher and a small publisher is that we cannot absorb the transport cost and the returns and everything else. We might as well just not do it. We might as well just fold it up and say, "No, nah, we're not doing it." And this is why we decided to do it the way we've done it. Now, obviously, uh, that for some reason ha- has caused some angst with people. I really don't understand it because if when was the last time you went to the newsagent and actually bought a magazine? I don't know. I don't know many people that actually do that anymore. You might pick up your, you know, your magazine at the checkout at the supermarket on the way out, but the cost of the publisher to have it there, and we're not printing enough magazines to make it cost effective. It's as simple as that. Uh, back in the day when Andrew Stewart and Bruce Honeywell were printing the magazine, they were thirty thousand a month. Uh, we're not doing that at the moment. I want to get back there absolutely, um, but I can't see that uh, at right now. We can we can. Doing it in I'll make the cover price 20 bucks if you want to pay 20 bucks let me know and I'll have it in news agents for the next issue but I don't think you do I think that you want a quality magazine on quality paper stock and you want to have that thing in your hand and you want to be able to look at the rig of the month posters and you want to be able to look at all that stuff have the thing there so you can show the kids and all the rest of it and that's the why it is where it is so tell your friends that that's why it is. Tell them that they can get a subscription, www.truckandlife.net.au, and sort it out. That's a big enough ad for the magazine. The great magazine coming out, uh, just come out. It was released at Croyd Truck Show. It's got a Western Star on the cover, and three beautiful Rig of the Month posters in there, sponsored by RentCo, and all the information that you need. We're going to just start doing some technical bits. I'm going to get off that subject now. Let's get on to... The News.
0: There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents, and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au
1: or go to the NTI Facebook page. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is the pigeon. The pigeon has triggered the over sensors at the start of the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. So unfortunately, old mate's gone sailing under there in his Western Star with a drop deck with a box on it. metres they've measured it at. The tunnel height clearance is 4.4. So you can go through there with a taut liner. Now, as he's driven under the sensor, there's a video of this pigeon setting the thing off. Now, I'll make a pull over on the side of the road and uh, it it ruined the traffic going into the tunnel for about 90 minutes, apparently. It's 12 demerit points and six months off the road if you uh, proceed into the tunnel or if you trigger those alarms, they've been very good at it. In New South Wales, they're taking it very, very seriously. Now, we all understand that when overhyped trucks go into things and they hit these obstructions, they do untold amounts of damage, they disrupt the traffic, it's a pain in the ass, very unprofessional, no one likes it, and this is why Queensland Rail has spent a considerable amount of money advertising uh, about bridge strikes. It's a pain. It's why the New South Wales government have spent so much time carrying on about it. It's why the NHBR have spent time talking about it. What they don't talk about, though, is the unintended side effects of exactly what's going on here. This bloke was held up on the side of the road, 3.9 metres. The only reason why he pulled up is because he's towing a bloody container with a soft top on it. He didn't know whether something had maybe jumped up there, I think. And, uh, you know, he didn't know. Did the right thing. The alarm went off. Let's get out and look. That is a sensible, professional thing to do. All of a sudden, he's got people crawling all over him with a measuring stick and everything like that. Now, as soon as they put the measuring stick on him and discovered that he was right, they should have just said, Press the green button, away you go, son, have a good day. But oh no, the Highway Patrol arrived. The Highway Patrol decided that we need to drug test, alcohol test, and go through this bloke's book with a fine tooth comb, leading to him getting a fine for some dates or something. Now, we're trying to get this guy on on Tuesday night so we can have a chat to him and get his side of the story. But understand this, the traffic's held up. You've got the sitting in the side of the road in the holding bay. The police car's got the disco lights on, you know, know, maximum embarrassment. People are walking uh, walking past or driving past, sorry, people are driving past and they're looking at you and glaring you. You're holding them up. You've ruined their day. I believe, and I don't know, I can't wait to ask the guy, the people were you know, making gestures towards him and blowing their horns and basically carrying on like the self-entitled people that they are. The guy's not sitting there because that's what he's choosing to do. He wants to get on with his job. Now, they reviewed the CCT footage. The staff had discovered that there was a pigeon flying through the sensors at exact same time old mate and the Western Star went through and triggered the alarm. Um at that point in time it should have been game over. Now, New South Wales roads minister John Graham has had a bit of a joke about it and saying that the pigeon will you know, get off with a warning etc uh, etc cetera, et cetera. viewed it all as a moment of fun. It was no fun at all for the driver involved. None. It is not even remotely funny in my opinion what happened to him. The ultimate embarrassment, of course, was that even though they established that he was the correct height, they didn't send him through the tunnel, they escorted him over the bloody Harbour Bridge. Where is the sense in that? It just goes to show you how the Highway Patrol feel about us. Now, I could ring Paul Salvati up at the NHPR and say, here you go, Paul, what do you reckon about this? Now, I don't know what Paul would say, I've got a fair idea what he'd say. But all the work that they've done, they've been trying to say the whole time, we want to just educate drivers, we want to talk about what's going on, we want to create a better relationship, we want to do all that. All that is immediately undone by the actions of one overzealous patrol officer. The New South Wales Highway Patrol, in fact, any of the Highway Patrol police officers in this country and the NHBR are not the same. Right? You know are not the same. So you get arrogant little upstarts like this fellow driving that highway patrol car who want to humiliate you, who want to do everything that they possibly can to go through and make your life harder. Then go and find some bullshit fine. Now, it's all very well to say, oh, it's a bullshit fine, and it is a bullshit fine. Not filling out a date on a page in a series of pages. It's not as if he's lying. It's not as if he's saying that he's in Wagga when he's in Tamworth. It's not as if he's trying to take some sort of material advantage. It's not as if he's taking the piss. What it is, is a clerical error. And he's getting fined a huge fine simply because of a clerical error that he's made. For me, it's utter bastardry. It is the Highway Patrol Spelling Road Safety, R-E-V-E-N-U-E. That's what they're doing. It's not right and it's not fair. And they wonder why people just get the shits, why people come out of the cab firing, that is the sort of behaviour that drives that. People are saying, you know, we're getting these ridiculous fines. Paul Zalvati said to me more than once, you show me one of those that's been written by us. And I'm not sure anyone can. If you can show me a fine like that's been written by the NHBR, send a photocopy of it to me, because I'd love to see it as well. I'm not defending the NHBR here. I'm just pointing out the difference. Because the problem with it is is there are a lot of people in the transport industry that can't see the difference, that can't see what's going on, that can't see that there's enforcement and education and there's a difference. Now, I would encourage anyone that's got the time to get down to the NRFA conference on uh, next Saturday, on the 10th, and attend the day session at least and talk to the panels because all the people that you need to talk to about all this sort of crap are going to be there on the panels. Ask your questions. I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be there for that. But the the reality of it is we can't continue to do what we're doing. It doesn't make any sense. The police won't let go of the power. And this is the very reason why we have so much difficulty trying to get drivers to understand what's going on. It does my head in that this is the way it is. I'm hoping... That the guy driving the Western Star, who I am in contact with, a, a personal friend of his, and we are trying to get through uh, to have him on the show on Tuesday night. I'm hoping he can come on and tell us his side of the story. As far as I understand, he suffered humiliation on a level which is just not acceptable. And as far as I'm concerned, the New South Wales really, the, the New South Wales Highway Patrol should really be justifying the actions of this officer, particularly escorting him across the Harbour Bridge. What bullshit. What utter bullshit. And John Graham, mate, I I wonder that you can joke about something like that. We care about everything else except the feelings of a truck driver. The man is innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. He was doing his damn job, you know, carrying the country. Once upon a time, we were essential workers, by the way. Unbelievable. Right, time to move on to the next thing. Now, I did mention that there is an, a fleet coming up for auction. Now, I don't normally talk about this sort of stuff. It is sponsored content in uh, in some of the uh, newspapers that call themselves industry uh, industry papers. I, I don't I, you know, just don't usually talk about it. But there's a great long list of things here. The assets are oil, uh Up for sale, and you know the assets embody Transitell's unwavering dedication to the excellence in livestock transmission. Blah 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 blah. Let's talk about the conditions that are causing these people to finally say they've had enough. Could it possibly be that the cost of actually running a transport business these days is the reason why they're pulling the pin? Could that possibly be that? Could it be? that the road user charges, the excises, the registrations, the maintenance costs, and God forbid, the law enforcement and the rubbish that we've got to endure on a daily basis, the the, uh, compliance costs and all that sort of crap, uh, given the small return for the millions of dollars that are invested in the equipment of having people say, you know, I don't want to play anymore. You know, for me... I was an owner driver for quite some time. I had a small fleet, I had guys working for me, I had a workshop, everything was sweet. Now for a variety of reasons that all went out went sideways. But even now, I drive for a company now, I drive I get paid holiday pay, I get paid good money. I have had several opportunities, particularly in the last twelve months, where I could have gone and bought a truck. Um and had someone maybe drive it for me till I was right to go, or even just sat it down. You can even go and look at um, trucksales.com.au if you want to, and have a look and see how cheap buddy trucks are. You can buy a truck, a good truck, for under 40 grand if you want to. Something that's perfectly comfortable, perfectly serviceable. But why would you? Why would you put yourself in the frame? I cannot understand it. Now, look, there is good money out there buying trucks. Uh, There is good money out there, sorry, selling trucks. There is good money out there to be made from being an owner driver. But the risk is, uh, to me, I think, at my stage of life anyway, hardly worth the effort. Uh, Not a lot has changed over the years either, by the way. There are people that are getting treated a little bit uh, more differently. And of course, then we've got the load board situation, and I've had certainly enough to say about that. I've rabbited on long enough. If you want to go and have a look at what's in the news, please feel free or join us on Tuesday night and we'll talk about news stuff. Uh, I want to get on and play Andy's music betty He's got some stuff about for the Hoodoo Gurus coming up because Bob was something to talk about. It's not a bad show, really. Let me know what you think. Email me, uh, Mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can phone me 0418 722 488. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think that we need some changes or not. Let me know if uh, you think it's even worth continuing the, the recorded podcast. We are number 17 in the world in the Trucking Podcast. I don't want to just sort of wash it all away, but at the same time, I've got to have a think about what the future holds and where we're going. And, you know, maybe uh, the live shows are enough. If it's enough for you, let me know. If you want me to keep doing this stuff, let me know. We are thinking about just doing a, a new show every week, which we can do by remote control. Very, very difficult to get in and edit all this stuff, though. The live stuff at least goes out. It is what it is. And I don't have to spend as much time editing it as I do recording it uh that's the attraction for me it doesn't take up quite as much time may not be the attraction for you though i don't know let me know okay here's andy you coming there andy and i got you go mate we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before looks like we're gonna be stopping roger that look at the size of that thing they tell me they take about 2 k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be paring chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? they stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate.
0: This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Music Time Machine. Time Machine. Time Machine. As we take another spin in the Time Machine for our summer music series, this week we're back into the early 80s with a great Aussie band that many of you will remember. They're a band that sat on the edges of the mainstream music scene due to their distinctive 60s psychedelic music vibe. They were like no other band at the time, or probably for that matter since, but they enjoyed a huge loyal following that still exists to this day. The band had an innate sense of fun and most of the time they had their tongues firmly implanted in their cheeks, as was evidenced by the title of their hugely successful mid-80s album, Mars Needs Guitars. Formed in 1981, they powered through the 80s and 90s with hit after hit, and though they took a brief hiatus from performing and recording, They couldn't stay away, reforming in 2003 and still active in one form or another today. Beyond their popularity at home here in Oz, they enjoyed great success in the USA and elsewhere around the globe. Their highest ranking single on the Aussie charts came in 1987 with their monster single What's My Scene. Let's have a listen to it. The band, of course, is the enigmatic Hoodoo Gurus, led by the larger-than-life Dave Faulkner on lead vocals and guitar, along with Richard Grossman on bass, Mark Kingsmill on drums and Brad Shepherd on guitar, vocals and harmonica. They were inducted into the Aria Hall of Fame in 2007, where they were introduced as one of the most inventive, lyrically smart and exciting bands ever to come out of Australia. People over the years have tried to categorise the hoodoo gurus, placing their unique sound into style boxes from power-pop, garage-punk and 60s power-pop, all the way to hard rock and funky psychedelic kitsch. Whichever way you look at it, however, the gurus blazed their own unique trail in a time where so much of the music we had thrown at us was pretty much same-same and formula-driven. They've produced no less than 10 studio albums across the years, from Stone Age Romeos in 1984, all the way to Chariot of the Gods in 2022. The band gave their first ever TV performance, believe it or not, on a segment of the kids TV show, Simon Townsend's Wonderworld, and followed that up with a spot on the Don Lane show alongside a man and his singing dog. Talk about humble beginnings. Still, they powered on, producing hit after hit. Now, if you're having trouble recalling many of these songs off the top of your head, let me remind you just how musically prolific the Hoodoo Gurus have been. How many of these singles do you remember? What's My Scene, Leilani, Bittersweet, One Thousand Miles, Come Any Time, I Want You Back, My Girl, Good Times, A Place in the Sun, Miss Free Love of Sixty-Nine, Death Defying, The Right Time, Like Wow Wipeout, the list just goes on and on. You might not recall some of these names, but I'll guarantee if you heard the songs you'd be all like, oh yeah, I remember that. So there you have it, the Hoodoo Gurus, one of the all-time great Aussie bands that I think deserve even more recognition and respect than they've had over the 40 plus years they've been treating us to their unique brand of good time, stomp and original music. Let's finish up the segment with this massive hit from the band who've influenced an entire generation of musicians and music lovers across the country and across the globe. It's the Hoodoo Gurus and Bittersweet.
2: Really sweet. I'm cut and I'm bleed You seem to find it so hard to believe Romantic-
0: come up behind a caravan wearing a big green sticker that says i'm truck friendly it's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users have a good understanding of safe towing practices and have a uhf radio switched on and ready to communicate if you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem find out more about the great truck friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au
3: Hi there. Uh, I'm going to start this week's broadcast in a bit of an unusual way with a special message to a uh, police officer in South Australia. This office is based in northeastern South Australia, uh, has been for quite some years, originally at Manor Hill until they found asbestos in the building and uh, then after a, uh, <coughs> a hiatus elsewhere. He's ended up in Yonta for quite a few years since. This officer uh, had some domestic issues arise some years ago and uh, was relieved of his firearm and posted over to uh, Elliston in um, southwestern South Australia. Uh, and then, lo and behold, he ended up back at Yonta some years later. He's renowned for his uh, gung ho and Uh, take no prisoners attitude towards truck drivers but it's not only truck drivers although truck drivers seem to cop the brunt of it all his reputation precedes him wherever you drive across the barrier highway I first heard about him from the publicans at uh, Little Topar many, many years ago when uh, I had a bit of a gap between running to Perth and starting again and someone had said oh have you run into this fella yet and anyway went on from there the man's a typical human being He's not squeaky clean. He's obviously a very keen police officer, obviously done more harm than good or he wouldn't still be there. But I just want to say to you, my mate Kevin didn't approach the Bindara railway crossing on that dreadful Sunday, wanting anything other than to get home safely to his wife and do a good job for his employer. What happened that day is just absolutely tragic, beyond belief. Your attitude towards Kevin and, and, and the whole at, and, and the whole situation is just abysmal, mate. You ought to learn to grow up, be respectful towards your elders, especially, and to people who work probably harder than you do. And uh, I, I'm ashamed to say that I know you, but I do know you, and 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 I, and I can give you credit for the fact that you've done some good police work, and you both helped me out, and I've helped you out, and you've also written me out a ticket over the years, but. Uh, That does not excuse your attitude uh, when you turned up at Bindara that morning. I'm ashamed to hear about it, and it amazes me that you're still working for SAPOL. And that's all I'm going to say about that police officer. He knows who he is, and a lot of us do. There's a story uh, in the uh, ATA email this week, and the, the quote is, Families affected by rail crashes are expressing frustration at the Rail Industry and Safety Standards Board for rejecting calls to reform train lighting standards. Despite repeated pleas, the Board has not supported proposed changes to enhance visibility and prevent accidents disregarding input from road safety groups and independent professionals. Lara Jensen, spokeswoman for the Improved Train Lighting and Level Crossing Safety Group, criticised the redrafted standard for lacking essential safety features such as flashing beacon lights on trains, which the ATA advocated for, and she has said is nothing short of disgrace that RISB has chosen to ignore multiple submissions from road safety groups, road transport associations, community organisations, and independent professionals. At a minimum, all rolling stock should be visible for the standard to the standard of trucks. Lara said. Now I, I couldn't agree more, and and sadly that all this had it been taken notice of and. Uh, dealt with, may not have prevented what happened at Bindara uh, that Sunday, that fateful Sunday morning, uh, because it happened at 10.30am in the daylight. But I do remember at one stage there, all the coal wagons in Queensland were being fitted with uh, reflective signs, just said QR rail, I think they said, and uh, at night time, they you know, regardless of all the uh, the build up of of uh, grime and everything that rail wagons have, you could still see them. You could come up to a level crossing, see the uh, the, the reflectors flashing, through and think, oh, there's a train there. Better back off. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, they're obviously wanting beacon lights on the front of the trains and all sorts of other stuff. And and I uh, I, I couldn't be more supportive to all these ideas because. Uh, You know, uh, you can have 5,000 extra lights on a prime mover in your trailers and if one of them's out, the vehicle's not roadworthy. So uh, why have we got a double standard here (laughs) where trains can travel in absolute darkness if they wish and uh, a bit of bad luck if you don't see them. So uh, there's a bit to be done there. But the other issue is a lot of the level crossings that we have out here these days, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's on the barrier highway or... Uh, in suburban Geelong or suburban Perth or uh, even between um, my hometown in Kabul here and in, in Ingham where there's, there's, there's two railway crossings, one that uh, was famously uh, the uh, result of a train driver's death some years ago and there's no longer a level crossing. But it appears to me that when all these level crossings were put in, were put in and the distances required for warning lights and Bells and everything to be in, uh, installed all happened back, and even on the Barrier Highway, all happened back when there was only you know single trucks and trailers. The longest vehicle on the roads was nineteen meters. Uh, the, the highest gross weight was forty-two and a half tons. But now we've got road trains running across the barrier. We've got A doubles, which is just another word for a road train running up and down the Bruce Highway here, coming through these level crossings and. There's all sorts of uh, combinations running up and down and through suburban Melbourne, Geelong, Brisbane, anywhere, any capital city you like. There's, there's A doubles of grain running into every capital city in the country. It seems to me that the, the warning, uh, the you know the amount of warning or the or the distance uh, that the warning lights are from the level crossing has not been adjusted to uh, reflect the uh, increase in the size of vehicles. And also to, re- to reflect the increase in the uh, the power of the vehicles. Like uh, once upon a time you couldn't get a road train to 90 kilometres an hour, now you've got to hold them back from 100. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of changes out there and, and um, okay, there have all been uh, indications of progress and improvements, but uh, the uh, infrastructure, the, uh, the approach to it all and um, the need for uh, increased safety measures doesn't seem to have kept pace with the uh, the growth in the efficiency and the productivity and the uh, the size of the vehicles so I can imagine you know without saying anything about anything in particular I can imagine that it, there's certain issues now certain situations now where regardless of whether you're piloting a road train a b triple or a, or, or a car and caravan or a motor car I can imagine that if the warning distances and and the the amount of warning, whether it be uh, lighting or uh, uh, audible, you know, or whatever, visual or audible or whatever, I can imagine there'd be quite a few situations where if you weren't awfully fortunate, you could end up in no man's land. Now, I don't know if that's what happened at Bindara that dreadful morning. What I don't know what happened because, as I said, I wasn't there. And uh, I've been in touch with Kevin to let him know that he's in my thoughts uh, But I haven't had a talk to him and I don't expect him to uh, um, be needing to explain anything to me or he's had to deal with all these other people that have been onto his case. Thank God that his employers have stuck by him and supported him, uh, understanding the situation he finds himself in. I've been critical over recent times of the fact that respect and courtesy seem to be missing in... uh, in society well the other thing that seems to be missing in in this particular case and in many others is compassion the man is distraught he's totally devastated he didn't expect to be part of a tragedy like this and the behavior of a police officer in south australia has made it absolutely bloody unbearable but in the meantime we need to be having a look at level crossings whether we even even ought to have them here anymore Why is there not one a couple of kilometres out of Coburn and why is it acceptable for there to be one 30 kilometres out of Coburn? Surely the risks are the same regardless of how close to Coburn they are or anywhere else for that matter. And, okay, I've been a bit worked up about this and this is the last I'll speak of it. But we really ought to take a cold, hard look at ourselves and the situation that has developed out of this and make sure that doesn't need to ever happen again. My condolences to the families of the two train drivers and all the people who mourn for them. I mourn for them too, as I'm sure Kevin does. My condolences to anyone who's been involved in tragedies or new misses in level crossings because, uh, as I said before, you can't just expect them to be there without having the odd... uh, problem. But that's beside the point. We need, we need governments and organisations to take notice of people like Lara Jensen who've got positive and sensible suggestions to make, who've suffered through it all, basing their submissions on what they've had to live through and live with. I just can't understand why it just takes so much tragedy before people will get off their bums, stop sitting on their hands and get things done. And when it comes to the bean counters and the, the, the economic rationalists and everything else, really, it has little to do with the money in the, in the end. So uh, we ought to just be uh, making sure that people are safe regardless of the cost of it all, because the cost of people not being safe is far outweighs the cost of making people safe. Isn't that a commentary on the way things are run these days? Thank you for listening. Take care out there. This is Bob McMillan.
0: Our featured music act for this week is back to take us out of the show. Here, once more, is the Hoodoo Gurus with a song that was named after a racing greyhound. It's called My Girl. brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.